Pardon me, I forgot to put on my handy dandy little uh, hands free mic, so I'm going to do that. So, pardon the technical. Oh, you're on. Should be. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Hey, everyone. All right. Well, did you enjoy the donuts?
times that have become associated with Easter. Dressing up. <laughs> you know? Hey. You like this Well, a lot of people get into buying the new Easter dress, and one of the girls were a little especially. Who didn't buy anything for boys? Yeah, so the girls, we all would get an Easter outfit. Actually, I kind of think next year we might have a little Easter fashion show. <laughs> commemorates. 
that is sacred. Some people, especially if you've grown up in a Christian uh, uh, tradition that emphasizes traditions and, and different ceremonies, you can associate the sacredness with the holiday. And, oh, how can they do something like that? It's Easter. And, and, and miss the point of the holiday for the holiday's sake. Does that make sense? You don't want to miss the point of the holiday because of the traditions that get in the way. Right? And so my purpose for today's talk is to look at, well, what is the uh, real meaning? What is the point? What is, um, what is uh, the issue or the event that Easter actually commemorates? I'm going to read uh, a passage that you may not think would be the traditional Easter passage, but it's about the resurrection. And if you have your Bibles, you can read from the New King James, but you can follow along in any version. It's uh, John chapter 11. I'm going to read a little bit longer section, verse 17 through 44. And this is the story. We just introduced the story. Uh, Jesus had a friend whose name was Lazarus. All right? And it actually says in the Bible that Jesus really loved Lazarus and his Lazarus' sister. They were uh, beyond just acquaintances or followers. They were personal friends of Jesus Christ. And while Jesus was ministering in, in Israel at the time, Lazarus came down with a sickness. Now you have to understand that Jesus had been going around the nation healing miraculously all kinds of people from all kinds of diseases. And here his good friend, very close friend, is sick and ends up dying. So, we begin. So when Jesus came, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been dead, uh, had already been in the tomb four days. Four days. Now Bethany, the city that they were in, was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. So Lazarus was Martha and Mary's brother. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And so she had a measure of faith. She knew that if Jesus had been there, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And she even had a, 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 a little a measure of hope. Even now, Jesus, whatever you ask, you know, God hears you. God will give you. And Jesus looked at her and said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And she speaks of a future event. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The story goes on. And when she had said these things, she went her way to secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher is come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus 
had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Mary, oh, sorry, where Martha had, had met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She's going to the tomb um, to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She said the same thing her sister said to me. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, Jesus was a man uh, filled with compassion. And when he saw the grief in Mary and, and those who were grieving the loss of Lazarus, he himself groaned and, uh, in, in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And then he said, Lord, come and see. And the shortest verse in the whole Bible, uh, John 11, 35, says, Jesus wept. When Jesus, uh, then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? And Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, uh, uh, Lord, uh, by this time there be a that's a king shame. picture this. Okay, it's one thing to read it from. This really happened. Jesus said, roll away the tomb, but Martha said, that might not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jesus do? Just look at it? I don't know. I can't wait to see the video. <laughs> He has been dead four days. Four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, so they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! Come forth! And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave cloth, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, Loose him and let him go. Amen! Hallelujah! So, here is the story of a resuscitation, actually. Lazarus was not uh, resurrected. Uh, he was resuscitated because he died. Okay? The resurrection is different than a resuscitation. Resuscitation, when someone dies, and you read about it, and then someone died, and they you know, saw a tunnel and all that, and then they came, they came back to life. That's a resuscitation. They were uh, uh, resuscitated. Okay? But they died again. And Jesus was resurrected. But he did this. He did this to Lazarus to demonstrate to the people that he had the power over death. And the uh, important point, and I'm going to turn and, and read another scripture in 1 Corinthians, that we must understand about the resurrection is that it's a historical fact. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 says, 
Paul, this is talking about the resurrection. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also uh, empty. And in verse 17 it says, If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. So the resurrection has a historical fact, and you can read about it at the end of each one of the Gospels. It tells the story of what happened. Is, is essential to the message of Christianity. It's based on the historical fact that Jesus died and was in the grave for three days and rose again on Easter uh, morning. And when the, they went out to the tomb, the tomb was empty, and the angel was there and said, Who are you looking for? The man you call Jesus has risen from the dead. And that Jesus, who rose from the dead, lives to die no more. Okay? He is, he will, he's no longer under the dominion of death. He conquered death uh, by embracing it and overcoming it on the cross. And he was risen by the power of God. The second aspect, so the first aspect of the resurrection that we have to embrace, and what needs to commemorate, is the historical fact. Everybody say historical fact. Historical fact. It really happened. There was a day that, that Jesus was dead in the tomb for all of that, that Sabbath, the day of rest. He lay in the tomb. And the Bible says he, went, he descended into hell. And he dragged the gates of hell and tore the bars away. Right? Free everyone. And we, there's mystery there. We don't know what happened in the spirit realm, but we know what happened. And we also know that on Sunday morning, they went out to the tomb, and he was no longer in the tomb. He was resurrected, and he lives never to die again. So it's a historical fact that this faith is based on. It also speaks of our future hope. First Peter, uh, chapter 1. Peter's way in the back. Chapter 1, verse 3. This is a famous uh, piece of service. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You have a reservation in heaven. Think about that. Alright? Anybody ever go to a nice restaurant? <laughs> Alright? Anybody ever go on a vacation and make a reservation at a nice resort? Alright? <laughs> the time that you had, I remember you talking all about this on a great deal, and I can't wait to go. You know? Listen, we have, we have a reservation in heaven. It's reserved for you. Because of the resurrection, we have that reservation. That resurrection was the deposit that holds our spot in heaven. All right? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, through an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven uh, for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, <clears throat> this resurrection of Jesus that actually happened in the past, approximately 2,000 years ago, also foretells of a future uh, event that will be the great resurrection of all mankind, all 
humankind at the last day when Christ comes again and raises everyone uh, uh, for the judgment. And so we look forward to our personal, literal uh, resurrection, just as Christ literally and physically really was risen from the dead, we look forward to a future fact that we will be literally and physically raised from the dead. The Bible says we'll be given a new body, alright, that is incorruptible. That means it doesn't get sick. How many would like that? Yeah. The knees don't wear off. Mm-hmm. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay? The vision doesn't fade. Oh, man. I hate these things. <laughs> only, only been about a year. But, you know, and I know some people have had to wear glasses their whole life, and I have a lot of compassion for it. But, you know, your body fades. My new body that's reserved for me, okay? Never fade. It's not going to wear out. That's a future truth that I can look forward to. My hope is based on that. Now, all three of these, there's three points. The historical fact, the future hope, and the present truth. I'll take just a couple minutes to talk about the present truth. They're all equally important. Okay? They're all, everyone it's all equal. Everybody say equal. Equal. Okay, they're all equal. If you remove any one of these three, then you basically remove the essence out of Easter. Okay? You take what Easter is, the meaning of Easter, and you remove it from Easter. Because Easter is about that historical fact. Easter is about the future hope. But Easter is also about the present truth. Say present truth. Present truth. Okay. I value celebrating the past. That's important. And I find comfort. And there's times in life where the only comfort you can find is the future hope. When a loved one has passed away, or someone you know is suffering, or if you're suffering, if you're enduring pain and hardship, there is comfort in knowing that there will be a day when Jesus will come back. Especially in the face of injustice. You know? Even if it's the injustice of, 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 of a sickness. Cancer, I think, is an injustice. Uh, you know, uh, an undeserved thing. Uh, uh, there's comfort in knowing that Christ will come back and we have a hope to look forward to. But what I need to get through today and what most people need to get through each day is a present truth, something that's here and now. Okay? So the resurrection is not merely about something historical or merely about something future. It's something that is that needs to be experienced and embraced in the present. Alright? The truth of the resurrection must affect our life today. Today. Monday. Tuesday. Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. How is the resurrection affecting your life? Alright? This is the truth. Jesus said in the chapter I read earlier in John, he said, I am the resurrection. See, the, 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 the Mary and Martha were talking for one, both of them. <laughs> they knew that Jesus had some power, he'd been there in time, and they knew that in the future, at some future point, in the, in the last day, 
there will be a resurrection. But Jesus said, wait a minute, there's another element that you don't have yet. And that is the present truth that I am the resurrection and the life. It's not just about something that has happened or will happen. It's about who Jesus is. It's about his nature. It's about his character. It's about his 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 divine uh, empowerment to give life, to be life, to conquer death. Alright? That historical fact and the future hope are both expressions of the person, Jesus Christ, that we celebrate. We Easter is a celebration, but really it's a celebration. We celebrate Jesus. Christmas, we celebrate Jesus. Every Sunday when we gather, it's called the Lord's Day, because we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate what Christ accomplished when He came and died on the cross and rose from the dead because He lived a sinless life, because He bore in His human body the divine nature. He was the only one able, capable of embracing the punishment of the sin for all of mankind. He could bear it. He could take the load. When he was on the cross, maybe you've seen the movie uh, uh, <clears throat> Passion. The Passion, right? And it, it depicts in a graphic way Jesus' suffering, but it cannot depict what Jesus actually suffered because what he bore was the weight of the guilt of the sin, of each and every sin, each and every violation that each and every man, woman, and child and of all humanity uh, committed. Or we've all tasted shame. We know, we know conviction because when we've done something wrong, we feel it. We feel shame. Well, Christ on that cross bore the full weight of all the shame for us, all of the guilt. Because He was divine, because He was God, He was able. Because He was fully human, He could stand in our place and take that for us. The innocent taking the punishment of the guilty, motivated out of grace, out of love, compensated, made atonement, was able to pay, and Grandma, I think, spoke on this last weekend, how Jesus was the payment, but was able to satisfy the justice uh, of, of God, but just justice. It, was, it made it right for God to allow us into heaven because Jesus took that for us. And so now Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What does that mean? What does it mean? And this is what I, this is the point I want to make. We're going to take some time and worship Jesus. The point I want to make is, what does Jesus being the resurrection mean for you today? Right? What in your life is dead that you need to see the light? Right? Because that's what resurrection is. It's a bringing back to life. Where it literally means standing up again. What has fallen? What is broken? What is corrupt that needs to stand, that needs to be fixed, that needs to be made pure? Well, listen. The power to accomplish that is in the person, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus is my resurrection and the life. Some people need to get a life. <laughs> He's the life. Listen, 
If you, I, I've been there. You struggle, you feel like you're running all the way up to bed today. Where, where do you go? You know, Starbucks can make it for 30 minutes maybe. <laughs> but that's not real life. Jesus is the life. The life that Jesus brings is something that renews you from the inside and transforms you to the outside. It's not outward regulations to make you obey some written code so that you're good enough to get in the door. That's not the gospel. It's the message that you believe that only Jesus Christ was good enough. And he took upon himself our shame and our guilt and our sin so that he now in another place says, I am the door. And the sheep enter through me. Do you understand? It's so you need an encounter with the person Jesus Christ. You need to believe. There's three things. You need to believe. Listen, you need to believe in the historical fact. And for 2,000 years, there's been influences, and they're not gone away. They're still here today. They try to deny the historical nature of the Christian faith. Listen, Jesus rose from the dead. And I personally am betting that when we figure it all out, it's going to be December 25th. You know, but this whole Easter thing, it changes every day. I don't know how it works. <laughs> anyway, we believe in the historical fact that Jesus actually lived. He died, he lived a sinless life. He died a death and a cross and he was risen. We need to believe. You know what believe means? You believe it. <laughs> you, you, you reckon it true. I reckon it true, and I put my hope. Are you hoping in the coming resurrection? I'm hoping. Alright? So all the stuff that's happening, you know what? It's going to happen. And really bad things happen. Really good things happen. But one day, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to settle all accounts. And I know that I'm going to spend eternity with Him. Alright? Whatever that looks like, I don't care. As long as it's within, it's a good thing. I'm placing my hope in the resurrection, that future resurrection. But, final question, are you experiencing and embracing the power of his resurrection uh, for today? And how do you do that? Whatever area that you need, uh, life, you know, whatever issue, and it's different for each one of you. And how this is applied is going to be different for each one of you. You need to know that it's in Christ Jesus, the person who lived. He has the life you need. He has the breath you need. To make it through this day. And each and every day, Paul says, having done all to stand, until that day, when he comes again, and gives us a new body. Amen? Amen. Sarah has been up. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. I'd like to welcome any guests that are here with us today. If you are a guest, please pull out this connection card that came in your bulletin and bring it to the connection counter um, in the back of the room, and you will receive a gift from us today because we want to thank you for coming. We're happy you're here. Just a couple of announcements. We have an exploring membership meeting coming up um, in two weeks on April 19th. Tell us.